All right. Welcome to another episode of Learn Easy, the Learn Easy cast. Uh, we're now at episode 10. Yay, Rico, we made it to the 10th episode. <laughs> um, uh, as always, um, I have my uh, co-host, uh, Rico Lazo. Hey, Rico, how are things going in Denver? Hey, Pat. Well, Happy New Year. It's good to see you. I know we've both been on vacation, some time away, uh, both from this uh, you know, Learn Easy cast as well as other things. But it's great to see you. And yeah, it's great to have 10 episodes now. Yep. Uh, you know, we never... I don't think we knew where, where this was going to lead when we first started, but I'm happy to be here and happy happy to continue uh, working with you. Yeah, I'm really happy about that. And uh, we're going to try to put out more episodes with great guests, expats that we can all learn from, you know. And uh, and as always, before we get to our uh, interview, uh, we like to talk about what's on our mind. And uh, um, Rico, what's on your mind at the moment? Well, where, where do I begin? You know, there's so much <laughs> happened uh, since we've had an episode and so much that's going on right now. But of course, in the new year, mm -hmm. I think there's new hope. And I think it really stems from the fact that, you know, there's a transition of power happening in the United States. You know, Donald Trump has finally been defeated and, and the votes have been counted and certified. And there's no doubt about what's uh, going to happen in regards to Joe Biden coming into office. But because of all of you know, Donald Trump's uh, ridiculous behavior and, and, and whatnot. Uh, we've seen a lot happening, the, you know, the storming of the Capitol, people, yeah. passing, people dying, passing away, uh, both protesters and even, I think, a police officer, maybe, and I think another one might be on, on life support. Yeah, uh, that's so. it's just shocking. Um, I can only tell you from here, from Europe, uh, people questioning uh, what's going on on the level of thinking that, there might be a problem in the U.S. in terms of the the strength of the of the democracy. Uh, they only imagine this happening in third world countries. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's. I think we've really lost a lot of our lusters being this, uh, you know, country to hold up in high esteem. You know, with the moral authority of always doing the right thing. Um, but you know, I can't. I can't remember the exact uh, tweet or meme that I saw, but it was something to the effect like. Wow, Donald J. Trump finally did make America great again. You know, he lost the election and he actually uh, allowed two Georgia senators, Democratic senators, to get elected in the runoff. He, he, he is making America great again. So there is a new hope. It and, sounds uh, more like a Star Wars episode, you know, <laughs> where the, the most is, evil is character. Yes, yes. Yeah. Did the I get star is like imploding and uh you know darth vader is is facing his demise but exactly uh, yeah. i mean that's what's going on right now in my mind of what's happening and and you know there's a lot of details you know january 20th 10 days away can't come soon enough and i, I guess my fear is is there anything else that's going to happen prior to that i've heard rumors of you know a protest happening before the uh inauguration um you oh, know, wow Donald, Donald Trump being the, the child like he, you know, behavior that he has is, is saying he's not going to attend the inauguration. So who knows, uh, you know, but that's, that's what's been on my mind. Uh, how about you, Pat? Uh, well, yeah, the transition was uh, important to us here in Europe um, uh, as well, because uh, we want um, to have a strong partner in the U.S. here in Europe to help us keep the peace, if you understand what I mean, when it comes to what's going on in the Middle East and all of the wars there. And of course, uh, to see the right wing in America become so strong, that's also a foreshadowing of what could happen here. Yeah. 
where I am in Germany, if the uh, the right wing party, the AFD here, yeah, um, alternative for Deutschland, <laughs> becomes uh, more powerful, and uh, and with Angela Merkel uh, essentially retiring, hopefully we're not sure yet, but uh, there'll be a new leadership uh, for the um, Christian uh, Democratic Union (CDU). Uh, we'll see. Is that, her, is that her political party? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's her party. Is there is there younger leadership in in the you know waiting in the wings to uh, to replace her? Have they done a good job of, of developing young leaders? Rico, what are we what are we talking about here? This is you know, good old Germany here. The... Well, excuse, excuse my naivete and ignorance, my man. So you know, kind of talking about what's life really like. You exactly. Know, where, versus where I am. Exactly. I, I, I'm I'm gonna plead uh, ignorance and uh, naivete of. No, 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 no. You're right. Yeah, that's doing the right thing and and you know establishing new leadership that's young, but that's not the case. No, the three candidates for her position as leader of the party are all elderly white men. <laughs> Couldn't be. Couldn't yeah. Be. What a shock. What a shock. Yeah. The the most powerful party uh, in Germany has three candidates, and they they're all elderly white men. <laughs> what ages are we talking about? What age range? I, I would say they're all around their mid sixties. Uh, um, uh, no one is over seventy. That's the good thing. That's the good news. Uh, well, that's surprise, the... surprise, right? The more things change, the more they stay the same. So exactly, exactly. Yeah, you know, and and that's just it. You know, Germany, of course, being one of the most powerful countries in Western Europe. I mean, certainly economically, also politically, and just strategically. You know, all of the history and whatnot. Um, it's a little disheartening to hear that, but uh, I, I guess I'm not surprised at but, all. But when is when is Angela Merkel's uh, term coming to an end? Or is she retiring? Or what what is she doing? Is she just deciding to not run again? Or I think she's she's still she could still be the chancellor, but not the head of her party. So I we do not know if she will actually decide to run and become the head of her party. Uh, not the head of party, but run and become the chancellor and continue to be the chancellor for maybe a, another term. But um, she signaled that, uh, at least last year, that she would not continue on as chancellor. But so when, that, when, when yeah. does her term come to an end? I mean, is it a four-year term or? I think uh, that's a good question. Uh, I will I have to. We can even come back to that. But... Yeah, we'll have to come back to that because I have to I have to be honest. I, I did not do my research there. <laughs> oh, sorry, that wasn't where we needed to go. But um... but I will I will um, I will post something on the podcast um, um, to to actually give that information out. But I, I believe this this year is the end of her term. So so she has to then uh, make a decision of whether she'll run again. You know, this year. Um, let me say yeah. um, another thing that's really uh, on my mind, right? Uh, is you know whether or not these vaccines will um, be rolled out properly, and and that actually leads me to the next segment. Yeah, right. Uh, I would love to compare uh, the vaccine rollout. You know, so what's life really like? For you, Rico, when it comes to the vaccine rollout and what life is like here in Germany, um, what well, what was going on? I'll in, just start by saying that, as as one can imagine, there's absolute chaos when it comes to the rollout, as there is no unified front or or strategy in the rollout. And I've 
yeah. you know, I, I haven't been vaccinated as of yet. Um, personally, I've, I've actually, because I did test positive for COVID back in November, I was reading it's best to wait 90 days. So I know based on my age and general health, I'm kind of low on the totem pole. Oh, yeah. But I've heard in states like Florida, people have been lying about their age to get vaccinated more quickly oh. because it's an honor system. You don't even have to show ID. Um, and there's just absolute chaos. I don't think there's really any uh, real plan. I I've heard that in act surprisingly in rural areas, it's been easier to get vaccinated because there's a smaller population and there's just, you know, fewer issues. But uh, I, I know it's just been very chaotic. I, I don't have specifics, um, mm -hmm. but I know, that, of course, you know, the frontline healthcare workers and teachers are kind of first up as well as the elderly. Okay. And they're just, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's no... I don't know if there's a national plan that you can just check your social security number or, and then just see which, you know, phase you would fall into. That would make sense that there's some plan, but there is no plan as, as, as I mentioned earlier that you can imagine yeah. because nothing that's happened in the U S over the last four years has had any real strategy or purpose behind it. So, um, you know, it's just sad to see that, mm -hmm. uh, now that the vaccines are here, there's just not more of a concerted strategic, efforts to you know notify the public on how to go about getting vaccinated i've heard actually stories believe it or not mm -hmm. uh, healthcare workers sh not showing up to their appointments the vials have already been pierced to be able to inject the uh, vaccine this is happening in supermarkets where they're then just approaching random customers saying hey uh, you know pat do you want to get vaccinated because this is going to spoil if we don't uh, use up the doses wow that's yeah, crazy so yeah, so there's been, you know, there's been a lot and I don't want to start rumors of everything, but there's just the point I'm trying to make here is that there's not been a national rollout in any way, shape or form that would allow it to be um, done in an efficient manner and getting as many people vaccinated as quickly as possible. And that's just a sad reality that we live okay. here in, in the United States. How, how about across the pond in, uh, in, in good old Deutschland? What's, what's, what's happening with the vaccine? Yeah, sure. In Germany, uh, it's been very, uh, not haphazard, not at all. They, they set up a website and uh, you could then sign up um, based on your health and your age and uh, pre-existing conditions. Um, there were certain criteria you had to meet to be one of the first to get it. Um, in the case of my um, partner, her parents were over 80 and they were able to get on the list very early on. Uh, but of course, uh, the announcement was made before the website was really prepared. <laughs> uh, so, but it, that's some, something kind of typical of uh, German bureaucracy. And then the website came online maybe the next day and uh, and there were not too many problems in signing up for a vaccination but uh, the lines were quite long uh, and uh, like all German bureaucracies uh, they improve over time and from what I've been hearing um, uh, uh, they've become more efficient with these vaccination centers so they've they've set up centers in different cities for people to go and get vaccinated. Um, so it's quite well organized, but there is a complaint that not enough people are being allowed to get vaccinated fast enough to um, slow down the spread of the virus. Is, is one of the vaccines more uh, popular or common in Germany specifically, whether it's the Pfizer vaccine or the Moderna or others, do you know? I, I know that depending upon the country, there have been certain um, 
you know, issues in regards to which one is more popular or easily uh, obtained. I believe the, the, here in Germany, the, the Pfizer vaccine, um, which was also um, developed in concert with a German uh, startup, uh, is the one that's being uh, distributed at the moment, and they don't have enough of that. And, yeah, and, and I, I don't want to get too much into the details because I don't know specifically, but it's just here, I mean, it, it's nice to hear that there is some real con uh, concerted effort and strategic plan, even if it's a little bit bureaucratic and slow moving. Yeah, I, I wish we could have even that level of, of incompetence uh, versus the gross incompetence that we seem to have. <laughs> and, and to just sort of take it as you know, par for the course of what one should expect here, um, you know, this leadership or lack thereof. I understand, Rico, and and let's put it uh, to put a bow on this. Uh, let's hope um, that we can continue to see improvement in both countries. <laughs> yeah, well, what, is that one of the Star Wars movies, The New Hope? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Playing off the Star Wars theme, and I'm not a, a Star Wars. Uh, it's not that I don't like Star Wars. I'm just not super knowledgeable. But yeah, I think there's a lot of hope for the future. 2021. We can kind of look at 2020 being in the rear view. Yes. A year that will live in infamy for so many reasons, not just the pandemic, not just Donald Trump and other so many other issues that have happened. But um, yeah, so uh, I think now we're ready to uh, jump into the uh, the interview for this uh, for this episode. Exactly, Rico. An exciting guest who uh, is doing some really amazing things. And um, let's go to the experts corner. Welcome to our Experts Corner, where we interview experts in uh, various fields of, of learning and education and teaching. And today, it's my pleasure to introduce Joel Dominguez, who is the owner and founder of one of the most successful NYC dance studios, Joel Salsa, and one of the biggest online salsa schools, MySalsaOnline.com, that continues to grow every month. Since starting his online studio over seven years ago, he has been so passionate about teaching more instructors how to build and grow their online platforms to reach more people and earn a new stream of income. With over 10 plus years of building a few businesses, both locally and online, he can help you to reach your business goals while saving you time and shortening the learning curve. And so Joel, uh, really very happy to have you on our show today. How are you doing today? Very good, very good. Thank you so much, first of all, for the invitation. I'm very happy to be here. Well, thank you again. And we're just going to jump right into the questions, if that's okay. Definitely, yes. And so I, I would love to, to start this conversation with you guys. I'm very excited. <laughs> thank good. you. And so we always like to ask, you know, where our guests are from. So where are you from, Joel? I'm from Mexico, originally from Mexico, but I've been living in in, in America for a while. So first I was living in Texas and now for the last years I've been living in New York, Manhattan. And so in Manhattan and now these days I moved to New Jersey. Pretty much you can see Manhattan from here. <laughs> yeah, great, Joel. Yeah, uh, it's um, really, I've known you for years, so it's, it's great to get you as an interviewee. And um, I was always curious. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure. You know, I've I've, I've gone to your uh, socials for many years when I was uh, uh, living in New York, uh, and and because this is an expat show, we like to to to, to interview folks that are multilingual, right? So, Joel, do do you only speak uh, English and Spanish, or do you speak other languages as well? Yeah, just these two. 
okay. uh, Spanish and English. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but but um, still, I'm I'm still impressed that um, your English is is so fluent. Um, did you, um, oh, you. <laughs> um, did you end up um, coming to from Mexico to to Texas when you were quite young, or were you also already quite um, uh, 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 older when you came to uh, Texas? Yeah, I was thinking more like uh, probably mid twenties. Oh, mid twenties. Yeah, twenties. Uh, yeah, mid mid twenties, and then I. Uh, I get there, but that was nothing related with dancing, right? Oh, okay. Uh, I was I was dancing, but the regular home style, I call it. Okay. And and I I got caught, actually, because I, I was just dancing, socially in one of those uh, one of those places that actually caught me. Somebody like invited me to one of these places. You know, let's go to dance uh, salsa and bachata. It's like, oh, you know, I always like salsa and bachata, but I never find a place in Texas. Oh wow! Like, oh no, you have to come. And then they invite me, and I, I remember I was coming in. There was a very very small place. Actually, the name was La Huira. Okay. Like the Huira, like the instrument. Yeah. And I went there, and people were dancing bachata, and when they were playing salsa, you just you just feel this Latin energy. Not like the other Latin is not like, for example, I used to go to cowboys clubs and stuff like that because I mean, at that age, you just want to go out, right? Like, yeah. okay, whatever it is, whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. You take it. But so, when I when I started listening to, I mean, I started going to these places, I was yeah. like, oh my God, I just, I was just hooked. It's like, I oh, loved salsa by, by then. Uh, because I always loved the music. I started by listening to the music. Okay. So I was dancing, but home style. But the music was always uh, like my passion to hear. So, so and, style, and to like dance. You were, dancing, were you already dancing salsa prior to coming to the U.S.? Like you already had an interest in dancing and, and moving and, and, and dancing? Yes, yes, definitely. I started when I was like 13 years old. Oh, okay. okay. I started, yeah, 13 years old. I was in Mexico. We call something some parties that they do outdoor mm -hmm. just they, they people just put close the street they put big big speakers on the corners of the street so nobody can come in <laughs> and you see my all this sound coming to you like super loud and they play salsa and they're, they're talking about mexico city right oh now. okay mexico okay city. Mexico city. Yeah, so I, was they, 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 I was just gonna say I, i've lived in mexico and i i just never really and I didn't live in Mexico City, but I never really saw Mexico as being a big salsa place. But with Mexico City, there was a lot of salsa happening in Mexico City. Yes, a lot of people ask me the same question. And mm -hmm. yes, definitely. Even uh, a lot of big bands, they come to Mexico City and they have very, very warm, uh, I guess, memories from it. And, and a lot of them, including, for example, Grupo Nietzsche, Oscar, uh, Oscar de Leon, including uh, El Gran Combo, all these big bands that they used mm -hmm. to come to Mexico. And at least they have one or two songs about Mexico. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, you're this right. Is, this is how how much they really like it, that they even make songs specifically for Mexico. So, yes, in Mexico City, is huge. Salsa is huge. Well, well thank you for pro providing that background. I, I, I guess I was very ignorant about, you know, the, the salsa in Mexico City. But ultimately, how did you get into teaching salsa? You mentioned you, you came to the U.S., you went to this little salsa place in mm -hmm. Texas. But how, how did you make that leap from enjoying dance and wanting to dance to actually teaching salsa? I, I guess the teaching always been in me. 
Oh, right? interesting. So, so one of the passions that I have is, of course, dancing salsa. Another one at some point when I was like, I get, I don't remember, like very, very early twenties. I did. I, I opened my first business was a gym. Oh, cool. Uh, so that, of course, I, I used to go and train myself and educate myself, take courses and everything. And my passion was like to teach other people how to do the exercise and everything, right? Oh, great. Then I started dancing salsa and then like, oh, I figured out like, oh, I can actually teach people. So I educated again myself very, very well to make sure that I understand everything, take different classes and everything. I'm oh, sorry. Take different classes. And then I start uh, just knowing enough to now start sharing the, with the people and start teaching them. So again, and just so on, right? I start continue moving to learning new skills. Mm -hmm. Like for example, right? I educate myself as well on this online world. Exactly. The same thing. Yeah. I start learning them very well for years. And now I start teaching people and start educating people. So I guess one of my passions besides just dancing and besides just learning new things mm -hmm. is also the, the teaching part. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of my passions too. And I didn't realize till a few years ago, actually, that I was always like, what, what is my passion? Like, I guess the teaching part. So it's how the salsa, I learned salsa and I teach it. I guess it was a natural way for uh, me to react. Yeah, so it, it's a little bit of a sy synergy between when, you, when you're able to learn something, you want to share it with others. And then that's how you end up teaching, right? Um, I, right. I, I got to ask you, though. It's different, right? When you're down in Texas and you, you have your own school, what what inspired you to move to New York of all places? You know, was that a challenge salsa. for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, oh, salsa. Salsa. Oh, tell yeah, me about this. One tell, word. Salsa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but how, how did that happen? How did that happen? You know, because that's not an easy decision to make, right? Well, yeah, but had, you, had you visited uh, before moving? Did you, did you have a chance to see it yourself before making the plunge of actually? Yes, that's right. Yeah, I came, I came twice. Uh, okay, interesting. I don't remember if I was twice or three times before to New York. Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm, the first mm -hmm. time that I came, that was because we were participating in one of the congresses here. Yeah, of course. So, so we participate on it. We we perform and everything. And I start seeing just going around and start seeing things like, oh my god, I'm in love with this. I mean, I'm from Mexico City. It's like this is a city too. It's like, oh my god, this is really cool. I came back to Texas, and then uh, it was my goal to come back. So I came back again. And then the third time when I came back, that was like definitely to to stay here. Wow! So I just decided to, you know, the next time that I'm going. So I I had to. Sometimes you had to take the risk, right? Mm -hmm. I had a school over there, a very popular school actually. The name of, of that school that was Salsa Passion. Oh, interesting. And that was that was a big school, one of the biggest. Or uh, people still today talk very good about that school that I used to have. <laughs> in Texas. So after that, then I decided, okay, I have to decide if I want to leave it and start everything from scratch. Wow. So, so I, I did it. I mean, I guess if you don't risk, you, you're never going to see if it's yeah, going to no work risk, or not. No reward, right? And uh, that leads me to my yeah. next question, though. Obviously, people know that New York City is a big <clears throat> city, the biggest city in the United States. But what were some of the challenges you faced, Joel, when you first moved to New York? You had been there previously. You know you, you love salsa, but we all know that New York City can be a very tough place, especially when you first get there. I mean, it sounds like you already had a community and friends, but what were some of those challenges for you when you first got to New York? Uh, <clears throat> one of the challenges, I guess, first of all, is the mindset, right? 
you 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 have to I guess a lot of people come here just to try to do what everybody's doing and of course because everybody's doing the same thing it's going to be for you very hard to use surpass that right so you just have to work 10 20 30 times more than the average doing so that way you can you can at least show yourself a little bit in New York. Mm. It's a very tough city, you know? So if people doing this 10 times, because everybody's doing 10 times, everybody's doing 20 times, because that's the reason why they move to New York. They want to push themselves to, to the best, right? Mm -hmm. but, when the, but when you push only 20, 30 times harder, I guess that means that you had to push yourself 50 times harder. Wow. To yeah. do it, you know? So, so uh, yeah. Yes. So does that mean that um, the, the the challenge for you was basically just to make your whole life salsa? Uh, and I do remember you, you created a, a social out of nothing, right? Uh, the Vieja Guardia, yeah? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Was that part of the, 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 the formula that, hey, look, uh, that's how you get yourself known? Or, or where, what, what were the... I don't want you to give away all of your secrets right now. Just like, what was the, 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 the first focus for you when, when you saw that, okay, I got to push myself so hard, but what did you focus on in first to push yourself to do first? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess uh, now that actually you mentioned it, a lot of people think that it's a secret, right? Exactly. Exactly. That everybody has the secret in them. The thing is they don't want to push it to the max. I okay. The difference. You okay. Know, because everybody has the potential to do things, but it's all depending what you want to do. Let me give you an example, right? I was talking with my wife. We always talking about business. We always talking about how we can help people, how we can help the students, how we can help other instructors. Mm -hmm. And then one of the things that actually stopped you, <clears throat> that's because it came to one of the, I'm going to give you a really quick story, right? How uh, we probably think like that. Okay. Actually, two, one from my wife, one from me. Okay. Uh, our parents, I think they always kind of push us to to have a very w good work ethic mm -hmm. before anything else, right? So, uh, f for example, for her side, uh, it's like if you drink a glass with juice or water or soda and then you put it on the sink, it's, it's not allowed. You <laughs> have to go take that glass, wash it, and put it on the place. Try exactly. and put it on the place. Exactly. Right? Uh, just simple things like that that for people probably is like nothing, but this it, it means a, it means a lot whenever you start applying in your regular life, and especially when you start applying in your business too. Let me give you another example. When I when when I was very young, we we start different business. I say we because with my parents they always include me on on those business, but they were not like big businesses like successful like wow making a lot. Mm -hmm. But there, there were some ones that actually enough to take the risk to leave your regular job mm -hmm. and do something that actually is for you. Yeah, exactly. So, so one of the stories, I'm, I mean, uh, we used to have a little, this, uh, it was a little car, just like the supermarket cars, mm -hmm. right? And, and we used to bring oranges. And with this little car, you adjust everything, all these pieces, so you can make actually orange juice. <laughs> Know, so yeah. you set up the thing, right? And yeah. and then I I was probably like sixteen, maybe seventeen at the time. Yeah. And I remember we used to get up at 
around 5, 4, 5 a.m. Yeah. to go to the market to buy the oranges so we can get the best ones, come yeah. back home, wash them one by one, right? Yeah. So then we can go out there and start selling it like around 6.30. Wow. So, so I remember when I used to see other people doing the same tip type of business type of things. You can see on the oranges that they didn't wash them because you can see the dirtiness come from the from the orange. It's like, uh-uh, it, it's a no-no, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So things like that, that, they are very small, these extra steps that you that you doing, yeah. that's what people missing. And so what it, what it and, sounds and like this to is me what is we think. Like these small habits that you can build, right? I read this great book called The Power of Habit. And it's like by doing these small yeah. things, returning the glass to its place, washing it, drying it, putting it away. You got these oranges, you made sure your oranges look the best. Not only did you pick the best oranges, you washed them to make them look the absolute best. Then you look at your competitors and you knew they weren't doing the same thing. And that just those small yes. little things can help really separate yourself, right? The cream rises to the top, yes. if you will. That's right. exactly it. That's what I'm saying. What well, the secret is everybody has it on it, nobody applying it. It's true. So uh, attention to detail and hard work will eventually lead to success, right? And that's not a huge secret, but it's, it's, it's not easy to implement all, all the time, right? Yeah. Correct. Mm -hmm. it's, and a, so it's, it's about it, yeah. So you've talked a lot about, you know, your background, how, you know, you eventually made a move to New York and you started teaching. But what got you into teaching dance online? I mean, you know, obviously, um, prior to the interview, we were just talking about a lot of this technology and how it's really advancing, especially during this difficult time of the pandemic. But what was there one thing that got you into teaching dance online? Uh, I, I think that was an accident, actually. <laughs> because <laughs> uh, accident and no accident. Because uh, when you get here to New York, especially we used to bags, right, with you, and then you, s uh, the the main the main purpose was to come to train, and then you save some money, you come to train, and then hopefully you can continue making it, right? <coughs> uh, then what happened is that at some point you see that this nothing is happening, right, and you s you just find it very very tough, <coughs> and then. I realized that I, I needed to do something different. So people started inviting me to these multi-level companies. Mm -hmm. Hey, maybe you can do this and you can do that and do that. And 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 that was not really interested. But at the same time, I wanted to learn a little more of the concepts that they were telling me, selling me, mm -hmm. right? Which is like the... Um, I forget the terms in, 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 in English right now, but it's like freedom, you know, freedom, financial and time-wise. Yes. Right? It's, a, yeah. it's a word that you say in all the time, I forget right now, but it's mm -hmm. just pretty much the freedom of have your finance. Independence. You and kind of. Independence, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, let me just find, um, uh, of course, I was looking at Spanish at the time, que es libertad financiera, which uh, financial freedom. Yeah. And then I start looking like, what, what, what is that? I mean, I, I see that they mentioned every single time on the videos that they were sharing with me. It's like, <laughs> they, they mentioned these words, let me start looking. And yeah. let me start looking. And I start looking and looking. And I find one book. The name of the book was Gana Dinero Mientras Duermes, which means make money while you sleep. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, sounds interesting. This is possible. That will be great. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly, and, right? <laughs> and then I start reading the book and I start mentioning about, okay, in order to make money while you sleep, you need something that sells for you while you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. So something that sells for you is the is only on that online world. You can create a website that actually you can put your product, you can make the sales. I mean, you can make a sales page that actually sells for you seven days of uh, seven, uh, 24 seven, right? Mm-hmm. 365 days of the year. Mm-hmm. So it's like, sounds very interesting. So I started just start learning and, and this is how I get it just involved into the online world. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bingo, I can't just sell my classes. And that's how everything happens. And, and, how, and that was back in 2012 you started, right? With the online selling. With it, the online 2012. I okay. get probably my first already like courses by 2012, 2011, wow. something like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I really involved myself a lot into the learning. Mm-hmm. A lot of study, study, everything. Like sometimes spending nights. Like, like, like I said, the over steps that you do, right? That people don't do. Yeah, exactly. The details. So instead, instead of going out to dance, sometimes like you know, today you're gonna stay home. I'm just gonna just hours and hours, and I usually was right here, like like attached to the screen, just start oh, and learning and learning and learning and learning. You got it. And yeah. That, that that was about it. Yeah. So, Joel, then what got you into now? Now that you've mastered, you know, teaching online for yourself, what got you into teaching other teachers? You know, like, because that's not easy, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I I see in the industry a lot of potential, but the thing, uh, I try to somehow help other people because mm-hmm. I think right now it even came more handily because, because now everybody is trying to do it, but because everybody got, they, they just got surprised, right? Like, hey, by the way, now everything moves online. It was like a like a everybody feel like they just put cold water on their body. It's like wake up. It's like you were sleeping for how many years? This online stuff is been there forever. Mm-hmm. I remember, of course, I will not mention names, but I've been talking with a lot of instructors, and they always been telling me uh, that they want to do this online thing. <laughs> oh, I have to do this online thing. Oh, I should start doing the online thing. Yeah. Oh, I should create my first course online. <clears throat> I'm sorry. And everybody was saying it, and, and I'm talking not right now. I'm talking about back in the past mm-hmm. because I started a long time ago. So everybody noticing that I was doing the online mm-hmm. and, and everybody was like, I have to move my things online. I have to move my things online, but nobody did it. So now I try to use open their eyes that this is the time and it's never late, right? Yep. You have to start moving your service, your classes, your your uh, your knowledge period online right you have to use move online because this thing it doesn't matter if it gets better if it gets back to normal i don't i think it's gonna be a new normal but that's another topic yeah but but definitely this is something that's gonna stay forever like this thing what mm-hmm. we are doing right now mm-hmm. everybody learn it in a super super fast <laughs> way and right now everybody try to dominate yeah uh, and try to do things, uh, but they don't know exactly what to start, like wh- where to start, like what to do, what what they can use, etc., etc. So I guess right now, because I love to teach, mm-hmm. it's like I, I think I can teach people like me. Mm-hmm. That whenever we started, I started because I was struggling, yeah. right? 
So I feel that right now people are struggling too. Mm -hmm. But it took me years to learn all this. So what I tried to do is make this curve a little shorter exactly. for them to know what, what to do. Well, so what it seems like to me, Joel, you, you talked about this, you had this passion for dancing and then you, you wanted to then, you know, teach others to dance. And then you yes. started, you know, started teaching people how to dance and then you started to teach online. And so just make this natural progression. And then like, well, I'm a teacher. I love to share my knowledge. I'm going to teach others how to teach online. And that makes sense. I can see that. But to just end the interview, uh, what would you say is like your long-term vision, right? Do you have a, a longer-term vision for yourself? Is there, is there anything in the pipeline that you maybe want to share with us in our audience? Or, you know, how would you answer that for your longer-term vision for yourself and your business? Yeah, I guess my long-term vision will be able to help people that actually take any, that they want to take this serious, right? And mm -hmm. maybe have, at least for now, as we make in this interview, mm -hmm. I would like to help at least a thousand instructors that they want to move their, they can, they can create a passive income out of their online classes. Yo, that's, that's uh, so that I think level. that's a good goal that I see in the future. If I can help more people that actually are able to do this mm -hmm. and charge for their passion, mm -hmm. I mean, I think it would be a good, a good it's goal. That's a good wow. That's a great long-term goal. A thousand. That's that's a lot of work. <laughs> oh, so anyway, but it's it's wonderful. Well, thank you, Joel, for the interview. We really appreciate it. And um, um, yeah, the Learn Easy team, you know, is partnering with Joel, so we can help our instructors in the future. So uh, we'll be hearing more from Joel and from uh, Teach Classes Online. And uh, thank you again. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys, for the invitation. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you, Joel. And best of luck with your business. Uh, you know, we know obviously during, during this pandemic, it's a great time to ultimately do a lot of stuff online. So we wish you the best of luck and, uh, and sharing your knowledge. Thank you for coming on to our show. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Wow. That was a really great uh, interview. I uh, love learning uh, uh, about Joel and his. Um, online dance school and his instruction and his whole approach uh, is his sharing of knowledge with others who want to follow in his footsteps. Yes. That was really awesome. Yeah. And we'll be looking to um, catch up with Joel in the future. And, and yeah, just, we want you to stay tuned for more guests like Joel. Um, and we, ha we do have a couple of great guests coming that we've interviewed, right, Rico? And uh even yeah. though we were on vacation, we were still doing work. It's been, you know, <laughs> fun to now play catch up, but we will be rolling out those interviews in coming episodes. So exactly. stay tuned for great guests coming. And uh, it's been great, Patrick. I, I just love uh, doing the show with you. And uh, I hope that this 2021 yeah. turns out and shakes out to be a much better year. Yeah. And hopefully we get a couple more episodes out uh, this year. <laughs> so I just, as I always, I want to tell the audience to keep learning easy. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys uh, on the next episode, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Pat. Till next time. Till next time.